All right, before we get sidetracked, before we get sidetracked, we we have to get to this week's topic because we've been wanting to do this now. This is the third episode, and we will talk about it today. We I won't get into us. leadership, and that's what I'm so afraid of. So afraid of. Uh, I'll just turn um, my mic off and I'll just sit and listen. Guess what Jocko told me, by the way. Uh, tell me. No, he didn't even respond. <laughs> Didn't even respond. Oh, to to him being on, yeah. Look, he's he's kind of a big deal. I thought, yeah, it's it's not surprising. But look, what Jocko, are you trying to say about me? Jocko was probably you too want- busy doing burpees and uh, getting after it at four thirty in the morning, like the savage <laughs> that he is. So I'm not surprised. Do you, but, but uh, do you uh, want me to reach out to him, Scott? It, yeah, if you wouldn't mind. And just say, <laughs> listen, my 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 buddy Scott's really upset that you didn't reach out to him. <laughs> Because we wanted you to talk to Damien. Oh, God. Yeah. Was, secretly, I'm glad because if if he was on, you could have lied to me, gentlemen. You could have said, oh, Damien, you're running a little bit late. You just missed Jocko. I would have died. I would have died. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Should have done that. I, can, I just want to hear you giggle. Oh, That's a- <laughs> oh, no. I would have been scared. Being late for Jocko. Oh, my goodness. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about it. This week, we're going to talk about building teams. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. On this week's episode of The Selling Podcast, we are joined again. You're going to recognize his voice. And you probably already have through, through the intro. Today, we talk about what we wanted to talk about for the past couple times. We will not get distracted. Our main objective today, stay focused and speak about leadership in sales. This week's episode, we are joined by Damien Cook. Damien, welcome back again. But if we don't talk about leadership, you're yeah. never coming back on the podcast again. Wait, I don't want to blame Damien because it's usually me that gets everybody sideways on this. So, Damien, thanks for coming back on. Uh, no, thanks so much for having me, guys. I've been so pumped to be on today. And and I agree. We have a tendency to be sidetracked, but I think it's just a sign of our collective intelligence that we go in lots of different directions. We'll blame that rather than possibly undiagnosed oh, can... ADHD. <laughs> I'll agree with that. <laughs> well, we want to make sure we have the buildup for this because this is so crucial. Every sales team, there has to be some sort of leadership. And leadership starts at the head, but it also starts with each individual. It's this perpetual. I've been in companies where they try to force this leadership from the top and it works mildly okay. The best companies, it's just this natural, free flowing, created, energy of culture yet it's still managed properly it's not it's not wild it's not like this wildfire it's just a solid perpetuated ground up culture it it's fascinating to be a part of i think of it this way if you think about the old hierarchy structure right of the the, the one leader and follow it down it's kind of based on the military right and instead, now, with the way that every works in different organizations, it's more of a matrix kind of driven where you have different opportunities with different people in different departments. And so you're working more laterally. And so I think that there's a lot to be said about organic growth and leading from where you are, regardless of your job title. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I'm going to put that into the mix before I get sidetracked again. <laughs> All right. So talking about organic growth, one thing, one thing that I also want to bring up is I derailed the company culture. And it was all me. I was building it, derailed it, and I could never recoup from it. So at one point, I do want to talk about that story as well. Yeah, wow. Wow. I'd love to hear about that. Um, it's it's such a oh, like it's such a big topic, isn't it, leadership? But it's also such a simple, it can be so simple, but so complex. And I think um, in trying to figure it out, sometimes we can overcomplicate what is really simple. Um, and and I guess what, what what am I trying to say here? It's it's this weird um, mixture of feelings I get with leadership, where I, I notice little nuances and little little turns of phrases and little things that a leader does, and and and, and little bits of empowerment that a leader can do to to completely transform a team. But they're tiny little things. But it's those little things that are, are, are massive, uh, it, it, for good or for bad. Um, and and I guess so- yeah. Do they do, do they do that intentionally or do they just do that as part of their natural persona, the way they are? Yeah. And I think, I can't remember if it was you and I working together, Mike, many years ago when, when we were talking about, you know, whether a, a salesperson uh, is made or born. And I think about that a lot. And I, I honestly think that, um, that that's great salespeople and great managers aren't born, they're made, but it takes a long time. Uh, which is why that phrase comes about. Um, you know, can you teach someone just to be an absolute dynamo sales uh, professional from a, a no a zero base? Hundred percent, but it takes a while. Uh, so, which is why a lot of people say, "Well, you, you know, they're, they're born, not made." So I think, we, but, yeah. Don't you don't you have to have at least a certain basic skill set to start from? Yeah, again, I've thought about this a lot, Mike. I agree. But I guess where we get that skill set from, that those what seem like their intrinsic traits. So the, I guess I'm sort of skirting around the, the, the main theme here, which is what I think is really important about leadership. And is that, that's that care about your team, um, which I think is, if it's not in every great leader, it's at least faked incredibly well by the very good leaders. Um, it has to be there. <laughs> <laughs> the team, if the team thinks that the leader doesn't care about them genuinely, I don't think like great things can happen. Um, and and mm-hmm. the, the more I've experienced this, the, the more I think it's true. Um, you either can fake it amazingly well, and so the team thinks, "Oh wow, you know, our leader really cares about us. This is this is amazing. It's a, it's a great team vibe," um, or they genuinely care, which I think is more often than not because. One can keep up a facade for so long until it starts to break down. You only need one little crack in the veneer of caring for your team, for, for the team to see, for it all to come crashing down and them to think, ah, he or she doesn't really care about us. It's all about them. So I think that, I mean, at its pinnacle, that's the, uh, that's the I guess, the, the, the piece that I wanted to get across straight away because it's something I feel so strongly about, the the. the and it's it's actually a remarkably low bar that we hold great leaders to. Do they care about their team? We're not saying they need to be the the subject matter expert in their therapy area. We're not asking them to be the most intelligent, the most eloquent. Just this is my experience anyway. If the team leader genuinely cares, beautiful things happen in that team. Is that where the, the term servant leadership comes from? I think so, perhaps. Yeah, like that's definitely something that I've heard later in my career, the servant leadership. Um, 
And I think it's, it speaks it's a hot topic right now. Is, yeah. And I think it, it really encapsulates what I'm trying to say, probably in a much more eloquent phrase. It's about the leader. Like people would often introduce me with their tongue in cheek saying, oh, this is Damien. He's my boss. And we'd all look at each other. I wasn't their boss. We, I always used to say we work together, right? Like in the, in the typical corporate hierarchy, yes, I may be above them. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, yes, I am your boss and you will obey me. <laughs> Well, we had some very powerful, like when I first took over, there's a team that I'll talk about a fair bit. It was the APV team. So my vascular team that I worked with for probably the longest in my career It's about seven years we worked together. And there were two um, like incredibly strong, you know, reps in that team. And I'll I'll mention them by name, Amanda and Alex. And those those were such powerful women, such powerful reps, amazing clinically, just absolute savages out there. And the thought that I was their boss seemed laughable to me. They had, you know, innumerable amount uh, of years of experience on me in, in that therapy area and, and were very much more accomplished reps than I ever was. So the thought that I would sort of pull rank on them seemed hilarious. And I think really all I tried to do, tried to do was just to give them the tools that they needed to succeed, which I guess is that servant leadership thing wrapped up in a, in a much more um, easily digestible phrase. But I, yeah, I think that's, I think there's a lot to that. Um, not I, I have challenges with servant le- leadership. I, I'm not a, I sorry, Scott, to be clearly sorry, defined. Scott. This is a conversation with Damien and I, <laughs> I'm so glad it, I'm so glad it is because I'm, I, there's so many places where I think leadership goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And so before we start talking a lot about what we could be doing, I do think it'd be beneficial to point out some of these obstacles and servant leadership. It needs to be defined because if you're hearing this for the first time, which you're probably not, but one thing is I always, first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, I need to serve people on my team, which means if they're not doing something, I need to step in and help them out. And that's not leadership. Mm -hmm. Leadership is not doing for somebody what they should or could do for themselves. That's very true. You know, leadership is you, you need to delegate. You need to make sure that they understand what the expectations are. Leadership is making sure that they are maximum effective, not stepping in to save them. And servant leadership, we, there's, there's a fine line. We can't, just can't cross that line to say, okay, listen, I'll do it all for my team. That's yeah. horrible leadership. That so let me ask you this. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's disempowering. Um, and I've had that happen before where a leader or a manager of mine has stepped in to possibly because they had better relationships or possibly they had, they could talk the talk a little bit better in that therapy area. And it is so, um, I always forget this word. Uh, it, it's not disempowering the word I'm thinking of, but it's, um, it's undermining. It's incredibly undermining. And to the point where when you are undermined like that, and I've experienced it personally, and I've seen it in teams where the team then goes, oh, well, you do it then. You, if you're going to be better at it, you mm-hmm, do. Right. then they don't take that ownership. So I think, I guess when I hear servant leadership, yeah, that is when, when you take it in that way, that's awful. I don't agree with that. Um, and, and I think I, I always would like to think that I proactively did this, but I mostly did it reactively. I was never a super rep manager. And I think that's, I mean, I, actually, Mike, when I first met you, I probably did drift into that realm because I'd been a rep in that space. Then I became a manager in the in the orthopedic um, consumable space, and so I I did know more about the products than my entire team, 
And so there was that tendency, if you're in a meeting and someone asks a curly question, and we've all seen this or, or, or heard this on our team's faces where you, they, they're like, oh, help, I, I don't know. Uh, and mm-hmm. you step in as a manager or as a super rep, which I think is disempowering. And it means that the reps don't then put themselves under pressure to learn more and to be better because someone else can just um, take, the, take, take those tough answers. A t- tough question, sorry. But when I stepped into my vascular role, um, I was, we've all heard of imposter syndrome. I, I had no background in vascular. So it forced me to just, to, to just be a leader, to just manage, which is, which is great because it was empowering for my team. I could honestly look them in the eye and say, hey, I don't know. I can't help here. I'll, I'll give you the tools that you need, but I don't know what guide wire to use. But I don't even know what a guide wire is. Um, so stuff like that, being able to avoid that super <laughs> rep <laughs> and that, I guess, in a negative way, avoid that bad servant leadership. I think there's a lot to that, hey, empowering your team and making sure that they're the ones that are important in the room and powerful in the room, I think is really, really important. Just to increase. One thing to, piggy, one thing to piggy right back right off of that is when somebody was trying to coach me to become a leader, they gave me tasks and the task did not have any purpose whatsoever. And they didn't <laughs> tell me they were giving me the task to help train me as a leader. They just gave me these tasks. I did the tasks. And then I was just like, wait, what's going on? Why, why aren't we implementing any of these ideas? Why did you ask me to do this? Why did I put in all this work if nothing's going to happen? And so, oh, well, I did it just because I wanted to, to show you so you could think through the process. Like, okay, you're wasting my time to do that. <laughs> I think it's cute, but there needs to be some sort. So horrible leadership is not effectively communicating what you're trying to accomplish. Totally. And to bring it back to Jocko, and well, I should have probably have a limit of how many references to Jocko I'm allowed. But he's <laughs> you're at not. quota. Well, because he didn't join, because he didn't even join this podcast, I I think we just ban his name. I, I, th- I think we just the I mean, hashtag, I mean, ban Jocko. I mean, we may as well just say Voldemort. <laughs> so he talks a lot about that, about making sure that people are aware of the mission and of the the objective. Because once people are aware of the mission and the objective, then well, there's a few things happen. First of all, you care more about getting a great solution because you know what the end goal and what success looks like. Um, and more importantly, it, it empowers people to think through problems in a more problem-solving way. Because if you know the end result and the success, what success looks like, if there's a, if there's a speed bump or if there's an obstacle in the way to, to your end objective, you can navigate it better because you know what the end result should be. And, and I, I don't, I've lost count of how many times in meetings or in problems we, I like sort of stopping and saying, right, what does success look like here? Have we, have we lost our way? Are we chasing an end result that we don't even really know where we're going for? So I think reevaluating and seeing what success lies and what the objective is, is definitely better. That's a cheeky, that's a cheeky way of training someone to be a leader. And it is hard. It is hard like to, to, to train someone to be a leader. Ah, gosh, it's like training someone to care. How do you do that? Really? It's tough. It's tough. So I and think that's where that's where I'm thinking you have to have some kind of natural skill to be a leader. Because let's face it, you can be a fantastic rep, you can mm-hmm. be a fantastic servant, mm-hmm. but you can also be a, a terrible leader. Yeah. And I don't think the leader has anything to do with 
the actual job assignment. You can be a director, you can be a vice president. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a leader. I think leaders are the people who can show you how it's done, not necessarily to tell you what to do or train you on how to do it, but show you how it can be accomplished. Mike, a lot of those leaders are A-type personalities. They're Reds. Some. Some. You're exactly correct. So this is the challenge, though, is most Reds, although they might have some other colors, might not have that compassion portion in it. And so, so it, you have somebody who's really good at making decisive decisions, yet there might be a lack of caring. And once again, th th that's why there's multiple colors. Those, those really good leaders, yes, they're going to have some bit of red and some bit of compassion in it I as well. I think they're also chameleons. They can change colors very quickly. And yeah. I think it depends. If you're looking for a good manager, that's different than looking for a good leader. And here's wait here's wait, wait wait yeah explain yeah. that Mike okay. I don't know that, here's I'm what curious. I said if you are looking for a good manager not a good leader well let me explain it this way when Martin Luther King obviously a very charismatic and a leader Martin Luther King right? Jr. or his dad Martin Luther King Jr. All right I'm with okay. you obviously a great leader what was his what was he known for saying in his speech Mike he said I I have a dream. I have a dream. Exactly. He was a leader. I have a dream. He didn't say, I have a plan. And here's the PowerPoint presentation to go with it. <laughs> that was, yeah, that would make him the manager. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great example of the difference between a manager and a leader. And I think I choose my words carefully, management and leader, um, because they're, they're very, I always think of a manager as having impeccable, uh, uh, expense approving abilities and impeccable uh, career <laughs> conversation uh, <laughs> triaging and, and 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 having that I guess being a leader is I I used to stop saying that I was a sales manager and and in in with certain friends I would say I'm a motivation manager and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before to you guys I feel like that was more important than the sales because the sales can go up and down and can be sometimes out of our control, but I suppose having people feel motivated in the team with either that dream or with that lofty endpoint is is so much more valuable than um, than, than than a great plan. I mean, we all know that saying: "Was it culture eats strategy for breakfast?" That is something that I believe. Uh, if I could get that tattooed in Chinese symbols on my back, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I really think that. Um, yeah, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I've seen that happen time and time again um, in my team. And I can't, and I was actually listening to, I'm a bit of a fanboy now, gentlemen. I was listening to a previous podcast. Wait, where you, Jocko? No, where you guys were talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of us, of us. Oh, this is so brilliant. You guys, you guys were having a conversation about how, um, you know, Q1. If you, say it was with, if, if you say it was with you, that would be even better. I'm a huge <laughs> fanboy. I'm a huge fanboy when I'm on your program. I love this Australian guy gets uh, off on tangents. He's hilarious. No, um, the the uh, um, the you, you guys were talking about how it's very hard to hit your numbers in Q1, like straight out of the gate, mm -hmm. tough to hit your numbers. I have a story about um, uh, my time. Again, I'll bring up my APV team. I took over that team and it felt like a basket case. It was very, it was all over the place. 
and we weren't hitting numbers the first year we, we, were terrible and then we we launched it but it felt like the team were we were getting the culture together we were getting that dream together we were getting that um that that team spirit together and and we would have quarterly um get togethers we were, it was great we we're doing all the right things but nothing was happening and that went for pretty much four quarters and then in q1 of the new financial year we all got our numbers I've never experienced anything like it. Like in 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 that, there's a book about called I think it's called Chasing Fire, where they talk about the switch being turned on in SEAL teams, and it was like that. The switch just went, and everything went crazy. It was like I'd sandbagged. It was just that these were the sales, these were sales. Q1, bam, just went straight up. And oh, I've good never for you. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was amazing, and there was the start of, a, of quite an awesome roller coaster ride with that team. Um, and, uh, and I suppose I wanted to give that example because when, when all of the ingredients are right and when everyone's motivated, everyone sees that dream and everyone kind of buys into that team culture, um, just phenomenal things can happen. And it's not because I had the best strategy. I had no strategy. I didn't, I barely, I still don't know what a guide wire is. Um, I, I, like it, it was just connecting the dots for the team, putting the team together and making sure that they knew, I suppose, what excellence looked like, not from me, but but, but from promoting people within the team, um, that they, they just took off. Um, and it, like I said, it was not because I was uh, a great manager. It was, I think, just we, we had the leadership principles right for that team right from the beginning, and it just took off. In an effort to keep these podcasts under 30 minutes, unfortunately... This is where we're going to have to end this week's podcast with Damien Cook. I love these leadership principles. I love what we've been talking about, the idea of creating a culture inside your leadership team. And it's something that you absolutely can do. We talk about many principles that are needed. We talk about having the determination. We talk about having you know, the ability to care for other people. Yes, we also say that it's something that can't be constructed, that you need to naturally have that. With that being stated, after this call, Damien, Mike, and I, we spoke about things that you can do to enhance that in yourself, about serving other people, doing things. It's not doing things for other people. It's just serving them to help them know that you care. It's you building that camaraderie within your team. And that starts with you as a leader. Join us next week as we join back with Damien Cook and we understand a little bit more about leadership in sales. Have a great week and thanks so much for joining this week's episode of The Selling Podcast.